0: Greetings Buff fans from See You at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the See You at the Game website and your host for the See You at the Game podcast. Welcome to the 10th of 20 interviews in our See You at the Game NIL campaign. Joining me for this episode is Senior Safety Isaiah Lewis. Now, if you want a likely bar bet winner... Ask your fellow Buff fans who was the leading tackler for CU in the 2021 season. It wasn't Nate Landman or Carson Wells, but safety Isaiah Lewis. Lewis has been through a great deal since committing to CU in the summer of 2016, including the changeover of coaching staffs three times in his first four seasons. Lewis has remained a committed Buff throughout and has molded himself into one of the best defensive backs in the Pac-12. He will need to be a premier defender this season, though, as the other three starters from last fall have all left the team. We'll talk about what it means to be the last man standing in the defensive backfield, and what Buff fans can expect from the young, yet inexperienced, new starters. So, what was it like to commit to a team which, at the time of his commitment, hadn't had a winning season or a bowl opportunity since he was in grade school? What does Lewis have to say about year two of CU's strength and conditioning coach, Shannon Turley, and the first year of CU's new cornerbacks coach, Rod Chance? And whose NFL jersey does Isaiah have in his apartment as inspiration for him to get to the next level? Let's find out. Okay, and we're here with senior I guess super senior uh, safety Isaiah Lewis how are you doing today? I'm doing good appreciate the opportunity big time. Well great well glad to have you with us for the podcast. We're going to go back and start with your recruiting and becoming a buff but uh, before I forget and I gloss over it were you aware that you were the leading tackler on the team last year?
1: Oh yeah that was a that was a very uh, prideful stat that I had. I was was glad to have that Um, you know things might have been different with uh, one of the Pac-12's best, Nate Lambin, uh you know, playing the full season. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely a stat that I was proud of. And um, it, I, my body, you know, I had to pay for it. But it was uh, it was a great honor and an awesome achievement. Yeah, very much so. I just don't know how
0: many people – yeah, most people, if you fan the Buff Nation, you know, take a poll, probably most people would say Nate Landman or maybe Carson Wells. But leading tackler on the team coming back for uh, 2022 season. It's hard to believe that you were in high school in 2016 and you're still in college in 2022. Right. Oh, it's hard it's hard to believe for a lot of people actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're here, so let's go back to your recruiting. You were part of the class of 2017, which was one of the highest rated classes on uh, the past decade or so at the University of Colorado, largely off of the 10 and 2, 10 and 4 season that we had in 2016, but you committed in July mm-hmm. of 2016. So from the Sacramento area, Granite Bay. Yeah. Um, so you're committing to a school that hadn't had a winning season, hadn't been to a bowl game since you were in grade school. Yeah. Um, what was enticing to you about the University of Colorado? What made you think about coming to, to Boulder for a team that uh, wasn't showing a lot of success at the time?
1: Um, I mean, Coach McIntyre um, was instilling a culture of family and it was apparent and it really drew me and my family. in. so um, that was the first thing. Uh, also, just seeing the DBs that were there, you know, Kella Witherspoon, Tedrick Thompson, Shadobe, uh, all guys who are currently in the NFL, uh, I, I think still uh, at least two or three guys definitely are. That was definitely something that I was, you know, the NFL was a goal that I wanted, but I knew I had to take the proper steps to get there. Um, so just kind of looking at those guys and taking note of what it would take um, to get to those to the, to that, to the big stage, uh, something that I took into account. And then also, I mean, the environment here at Boulder, it's just, it's, it's incredible. The mountains, it's something that I've never seen, uh, you know, coming on visits where it was kind of like we were talking about, 60 degrees, 70 degrees and sunny, and then a rainstorm hit for about 15 minutes. I mean, it was just different. You know, but it definitely drew me in, and it was a place I love. Yeah. Did you uh, – had you ever spent any time in
0: Colorado? Did you no. take any visits before you committed, or is it – I don't think <laughs> you did your official visit till after you had already committed. Had you spent any time in Boulder? Did you have a chance to come to Boulder at all?
1: Yeah, I think I took a visit um, to a summer camp. I didn't, I didn't work out, uh, you know, in the camp, but I was just visiting during the time of the camp and, uh, just kind of got to look at things and got to meet coach Clark and, uh, coach, uh, who was it? Coach Thompson. What was it? Yeah, I think it was coach Thompson at the time. Cause they weren't able to make it. I was able to meet coach Tay. Uh, he was the assistant at the time. And he came down to the Bay area where, um, they kind of got a look at me at a camp there. Um, uh, and then getting up there to see those coaches face to face was awesome. Yeah.
0: So did you have any, uh,
1: any second thoughts?
0: Did you get? A, I mean, you. I think you were injured your senior year, yeah, uh, of high school. Um, did that kind of cut down on the phone calls, or were you just telling people right from the start
1: that you were a solid verbal commit and didn't take any more calls? Um, I, the thing was, I just wasn't. I was getting a lot of interest, but no official offers, or at least you know kind of half offers um so once i got the pac-12 offer that was it was kind of a science sign a finished deal for me because i wanted to play in the pac-12 my whole you know high school career and um getting that one offer was like all right well if other schools aren't gonna you know pitch in then this is a this is a good place to be for sure okay well look like you played running back wide receiver
0: cornerback safety you were Mm -hmm. doing it all in high school and got you know, all-conference honors and things like that. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts about playing on the offensive side of the ball or are you always wanted to be a defensive guy?
1: Um, so it kind of goes back to playing seven-on-seven seven in the uh, KT prep organization. It's out of the Bay Area. Uh, Nate Kenyon would take us around the uh, several universities UNLV you know all the LA schools they uh, or, uh Oregon stuff like that and just kind of watching the the DB's practice it really it drew me in I was like you know these guys are the guys who are celebrating more than anyone and it just looks a little more fun so uh, he kind of guided me in the direction of fixing up you know my tape and making sure that I was taking the right steps to play DB in college so I would say uh, I definitely considered playing receiver, but DB definitely was kind of my calling as I was looking at different schools. Okay. And
0: you enrolled early, uh, graduated early. What goes into that? I mean, a lot of, that seems to be more common um, than it used to be that, you know, graduating December, missing out on prom, track, all the spring stuff that you have in your senior year. What was uh, behind your motivation to graduate early and get to Boulder in January of twenty seventeen
1: yeah, I was never a, a big school event guy, so I mean missing those events was was nothing to me but um kind of my grades just they were they they allowed me to leave early and having all my credits um prepared for taking that next step were already set so uh, it was it was it was a good transition I think it just came down to you know, the timing, obviously, it was like, okay, well, I could finish this year and get there with everyone else, or I could try and, you know, kind of get ahead in the playbook and whatnot. So I chose to take that route. Okay. So
0: 2017, as you mentioned there, you had a lot of, uh, well, some someone graduated in 2016, but you had a lot of talent in the defensive backfield at the University of Colorado at the time. So 2017 was a redshirt year for you back in the old days when redshirt actually meant something in terms of sitting out a year and, you know, having an extra year of eligibility. How hard was it for you to, you know, come in early and still have to sit and watch uh, the 2017 season?
1: Uh, It wasn't that hard only because I'm a big, I'm a really patient guy. And I think that everything happens for a reason. I looked at it as an opportunity to kind of see what was working for guys and what wasn't. And then, you know, later on I would apply that, but uh, it was just more of a learning opportunity for me, you know, uh, my roommate at the time, Jalen Jackson, we, we grew up this, basically our entire college career together. Um, we would just, you know, watch the game, watch film, and kind of help each other. Like, we battled against each other, and it was a big learning opportunity for the both of us.
0: Okay. Well, your your patience was still tested a little bit as a redshirt freshman. 2018, you did get, you know, your plans on special teams and things like that. And then the coaching staff that you like so much – got fired, so now you're moving into 2019 as a sophomore. You've been there two seasons, and yet now you've got a whole new coaching staff. Right. What was your, your mindset heading into your, your sophomore year?
1: I was kind of just proved to these guys that I'm worthy, um, you know, proved to these guys that I want to play, and how you just let it play out from there. Um, it wasn't a, a deal-breaker for me. It was kind of just, like I said, an opportunity to learn and get better. Okay. Um, Then you started to get on the field.
0: So of course, we're talking about Mel Tucker season 2019. Uh, 118 plays on special teams, one of the highest totals on the team. You were getting in there for some games, dressed 10 times, played in six games. What was it like to actually,
1: you know, get on the field on a regular basis? Uh, Well, well, honestly, I I understood that in the NFL or trying to make it to the NFL, you got to play special teams like that's got to be something that is uh, a priority to you. So I looked at it from that standpoint. I was like, okay, well. If I want to play in the NFL and I'm not necessarily on the field um, and the defensive position I want to be in, well, I'd better take special teams pretty serious and at least, you know, put as much effort and hard work as I could into that. So I looked at it as a chance to prepare in that aspect of trying to make it to the next level.
0: Well, in one game that you did get a lot of playing time in, you had four tackles was in the Arizona game Mm -hmm. and you were talking about an education that's, you know, Khalil Tate. Yeah. One of those games, which not only defense backfield, I mean, that was the game he threw for over 400 yards, but he, I mean, if he'd played Colorado 12 games a season, he'd be in the, you know, Hall of Fame now. So right. <laughs> what was it like getting a, a baptism with uh, Khalil Tate running around, uh, you know, getting 400 yards passing against you?
1: Uh, it was it was just like any other opportunity, you know. You don't. I I didn't look at it as that's Khalil Tate. I looked at it as I'm in the game. No opportunities too big, and I'm gonna do what I can to represent. Um, one funny moment was, you know, it was the first time I've been in to play defense, and I'm I'm showing blitz, but I'm about to drop back into coverage, and I see Khalil Tate eyeing me. He's like you know, he's keen to me. And I'm like, all right, this is real. This is real. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, I'm going to go after this guy. And you're you're up, up to the challenge. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, so now you get past your sophomore. Now you've been in Boulder for three years. The progression is incremental. Now you're getting ready. And lo and behold, you get got another coaching staff coming in. <laughs> uh, so now you've got the Carl Durrell era starting in 2020. At some point it'd be, you know, only human to start looking around and say, well, wait a second. I've been here four years. This is my start of my fourth year, my third set of coaches. What's going on here? Did I make the right decision by coming to Boulder, Colorado to be a buff?
1: Right. Uh, I was just kind of sticking to my guns. I'm not a, I'm not a big, uh, jump around guy. I'm kind of someone who likes to get their feet in the ground and just work up from there. So I had a lot of people that were suggesting that I transfer or maybe look into something that might be more secure, but I'm like, true, man, I'm going to be the next guy up at least next year, or I want to be the guy this year. So I kind of took that approach and, you know, just kind of worked hard and made it work. Well, and you did. It was only a
0: six game season, but you played in all six games, started five. Mm-hmm. and got honorable, honorable mention, all pack 12 um, You were 24th in the nation and passes broken up. So 2020, strange year altogether for everybody, but uh, yeah. 2020 season worked out pretty well for you. What do you, what do you remember about the uh, abbreviated 2020 season?
1: Um, that was just kind of the first season where I felt like I was understanding the game from a technical aspect. I kind of looked at it as – well, honestly, when Coach Summers at the time, he was a D coordinator, he brought in an SEC style defense where everyone has a multitude of responsibilities and assignments and just kind of le- He learning how to learn is what it was. So um, being able to apply technique and being able to apply fundamentals was uh, it was a game changer and it helped me succeed that year, I would say. Wow. So. You
0: mentioned Tyson Summers, you know, as your defensive coordinator, and yet I don't. I mean, it's hard. I, I tried to go back and count how many different position coaches, how many different coordinators that you've had. Mm-hmm. Is it that hard, or is that much different? I mean, is it like going from French to German to Spanish to you know something else, or is it fairly consistent in what you're what you're trying to accomplish, or was it starting
1: over from scratch every year? Um, it was semi-consistent, partly because the coaches were looking to apply from whatever we had already known, just kind of changing the verbiage to uh, what they're installing. So they also helped make it um, a little bit of an easy transition. And then obviously we were repping it. We were walking it through every day, you know, extra hours in the meeting room. Like it was a priority that we had the um, fundamentals down, like I was saying. Yeah. So moving on to last season, you were getting some uh, preseason
0: ink, you know, for all Pac-12 Lindys and Athlon and Phil Steele had you as the number thirty-two safety in the nation. Being in Montana, not being around Boulder campus all the time, not being around the team all the time, you know, I've for decades have absorbed all those preseason magazines. I'm just wondering, as a player, do you pay any attention to that stuff? Um, do you? look for those magazines in
1: in June to see what they say about the team and what they're saying about you? Uh, Personally, no, but I've got family who does, so I'm naturally naturally exposed to it. Uh, It's not something that I take into account, but uh, I do like to sometimes just look and see, you know, where I'm stacking up versus other guys in the country. Uh, I think it just comes back to, you know, focusing on yourself, improving your craft and, um, you know, just making sure that you're locked in. So when the opportunity comes to, do great things that you're ready to do it. Okay. Well, walk us through the
0: 2021 season. Uh, We talked at the top that you were, you led the team in tackles, 55 unassisted tackles, seven third down stops. And uh, I guess specifically talk us through
1: your, uh, your two interceptions. Oh, it was just preparation. Um, Coach Maxie. And at the time coach me, you know, they were practiced is going to be harder. So the game is easier. And, Coach Maxie harps the ball, so any opportunity, whether the ball's in the air, on the ground, and no one's around, we better go pick it up. And I think it just came down to um, repeti- uh, repetition around the ball. In practice, we're always working interception drills, and we're working technique drills, and um, you know, half coverage, middle of the field, and especially man to man. Man to man is probably one of our biggest things that we practice, and you know, it's just it's a communication was at a premium, and uh, technique was at a premium, and uh, the Oregon State one I was able to pull that one away. Uh versus Oregon, that was more of just uh watching Tyron Matthew play and taking notes from him and applying that. So that wow. was that was a that was a cool one. Well, wow, that's uh,
0: pretty good someone to emulate. I shouldn't divert, but uh you've got a jersey behind you. Uh you can tell everybody who what the, the jersey is and why that's significant to you.
1: Yeah, Troy Polamalu. he's a uh NFL safety legend. I think he's just a freak, uh freak athlete. Uh, it's it's something that watching his film is like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do what he did, but to hold myself to a lower standard would be wrong of myself. So just kind of looking at that jersey every day and walking by as a reminder of, you know, the mindset I should carry and then also the play that I'm looking to uh, display. OK, and not the hair. Yeah, uh, the hair, well, see, I'm only uh, a quarter of Polynesian, so I won't get that long. But I do, you know, I try to get my hair as long as possible to get maximum <laughs> helmet flow. OK, and we'll, we'll see if we
0: can get you a head and shoulders commercial out of it. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> um, but back to that, I mean, you had a 38 yard return, a deep pass to like the 510 yard line,
1: brought it back to almost to midfield. Were you thinking touchdown? Were you thinking a 90 yard return on that one? Absolutely. It's something that my grandma and I have been talking about since I got there, just running an interception back or more than one interception back. So and I played returner in high school, as you mentioned. So when I got that ball, I had my eyes set on the end zone down there and I tried to make it work. But I did not account for one guy. (laughs) and he (laughs) He ruined my run. Yeah. So was that your I mean, the double
0: overtime win? Was that your favorite game of the of the 2021 season, or did you have a, another game that you had uh, other highlights that uh, stand out to you?
1: Um, I think the yeah, I would say that was definitely my favorite game. And although we lost the Texas A&M game, um, that was there was a level of competition out there on that field that that was it was unreal. And you know, it we didn't get the result we wanted, but just the, the the tenacity and the focus that we were all playing with was like it just felt really good. The energy that we were feeling between each other was just something that I don't think I felt for the rest of the year um, just because, you know, the intensity was raised and we, we understood the assignment, right? Um, but, yeah, I think the Oregon State game was definitely a, a trademark game and something that we really enjoyed as a team.
0: Yeah. Well, you talk about that. I mean, the defense, obviously a team is a team. But the defense ended up spending an inordinate amount of time on the field last season. And, you know, Texas A&M game would be a good example of that, that the defense did more than enough to defeat a top team. How hard is it being on different sides of the ball, you know, talking with your teammates, talking with your friends on the offensive side of the ball, you know, kind of like, hey, guys, anytime you guys want to you know, pick it up here, you guys are – 100th or worse you know nationally in most of these national rankings mm-hmm. or is it just hey it's all about team and you know if if our team only scores three points then we got to shout out the other team and that's the way it is
1: absolutely it comes down to encouragement um, we understand that it's a team game and we love our team i think that uh we we definitely grew agitated um just because we had guys getting injured uh, just from playing so many snaps per game. But at the end of the day, all we were doing was encouraging. And we understood that if we were to take a negative approach, it would only make things worse. So we were constantly being encouraged by coaches. And we even took it upon ourselves to be like, we have to support one another or this will, will not work. And I think towards the end, it definitely grew. And I, I know it'll be huge going into this next year.
0: Okay.
1: Well, heading into next year, good. At, you're good at
0: segues. That's great. <laughs> so. You do have a – you have your safeties coach is the same, but you got a new cornerbacks coach in Rod Chance. What's the interaction? Um, Obviously, you know, different roles, but the defensive backfield is the defensive
1: backfield. What sort of interaction or contact have you had with
0: uh, Rod Chance, the new cornerbacks
1: coach? I would say he is a technician, and he knows intensity. So I think it's going to be huge, especially considering we have a lot of young corners. Um, who I would definitely say are ready to step up and want to step up. Uh, I think coach Rod is going to be huge for those guys and making sure that they're prepared. And I think it's also our corners, like I was saying, they they're, they want to be prepared. So I know they appreciate what coach Rod is doing and we haven't even started yet, but you know, these guys are looking fine-tuned and ready to have a good spring.
0: Yeah. How's it been with Shannon Turley? There's, you know, he certainly has a great reputation as a good track record and things like that. It's, how has year two uh, with the strength and conditioning coach been compared to uh, to year one with Shannon Turley?
1: Oh, awesome. Um, you can ask him. He'll, he'll tell you. It's just the additions to the staff and also getting to learn more about our team dynamics and kind of our strengths and weaknesses. It's been huge. Uh, coach Turley is a big guy on being healthy. So the stretching we do is the biggest part. We don't, we're not looking to um, see who can lift 500 pounds and bench press and, 800 on squat. It's not even close to that. We're looking to fine tune our ligaments, uh, making sure that we have longevity throughout the season and then also throughout the preseason. So uh, Coach Charlie has been a game changer in terms of preparation.
0: Okay. Well, hard not to mention the elephant in the room that had there been no transfer portal, had there been, you know, just the normal, even a couple of years ago, you would have all four starters back You know, if you count the two safeties, two corners, you got 48 starts, you have all 48 starts back. Mm -hmm. And now with three players leaving, you got yourself, there's only 16 career starts out of the defensive backfield and you've got 11 of those. Mm -hmm. How hard is it for you kind of being the last man standing?
1: Uh, it's honestly an opportunity. Like these guys, our whole back end from safeties to corners are guys who want to learn and they want to be on that field. So uh, it's 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 really cool being in my shoes. Um, as opposed to where I used to be in their shoes, where I'm, I know what it takes to kind of bring the young guys along and tell them what it tell them what to do in certain plays and where to look on certain plays, and that comes directly from Coach Maxie. You know, he teaches me the plays, and I'm able to teach the young guys. He teaches me the drills, and then I can take the young guys out and we do the drills the same way. Um, they were calling me Coach. Uh, coaches a because I wasn't I was out for the pre-spring stuff just with uh dealing with shoulder stuff and you know I was running drills on Saturday and I mean these guys pick it up quick and I think they're going to be ready to go when springtime comes it's just come down to communication obviously and I'm um, learning the playbook and you know just the basics but we've got guys who are ready to learn and ready to step up to the plate okay so
0: again probably your family will have to do this since you don't look at the preseason magazines but uh They're going to be talking a lot about you as a positive, but they're going to see a lot of holes there, or at least holes that needs to be filled. What do you see the defensive backfield as being? Well, I mean, let me put it this way. It probably would have been considered a strength of the team, one of the strongest units on the team. Otherwise, now it might be seen as a liability, but what you're telling me is you think that it can still be a strength for the 2022 season.
1: Yeah. I mean, our, our coaching staff, I I think they will refuse to let that happen. You know, so they've, we're doing extra hours. We're doing things that are going to make sure that guys are prepared to play when their time comes and kind of what coach Wilson stresses to us is there's no starters. Everybody needs to be ready to play. It's, it's all about um, the next man up. There should be no dip in production or no dip in um, just kind of running the, the, the same place that the starters were or the same style. So, uh, it's going to come down to having a great off season, which we're we're on the right path to doing. And uh, like I said, the, the young guys are anxious and they're ready to learn. So that's a huge part to being a successful back end. OK, well, who do you um, if you had to pick one guy? Um, Nico Reed
0: certainly had a great game against Utah with the kickoff return interception and Carl Durrell talked about how his attitude was get me on the field and I'll make plays. And then the next week yep. he gets on the field and makes plays. Um, what name that most Buff fans are not familiar with is going to be a, a pleasant
1: surprise this fall in the defensive backfield? Um, there's a couple guys. I couldn't just say just one because I, I think there's a couple guys who have yet to get to show what they can really do. Um, Nico being one of them, got a little glimpse of him. Um, Kaylen Moore will be really good for us. Torn Pittman, he's been putting in the work on special teams and is really ready for a, a big role uh, on the defense. And then as far as uh, cor- uh, safeties go, Trevor Woods is really anxious to go lay the wood on somebody, not, mm-hmm. not to be ironic, but yeah. uh, he's a hard hitter and he wants to get his nose in there, which I'm really excited about. Um and then Tyron Taylor is going to be a great nickelback for us. And then uh there's there's, I mean, we've got there's guys everywhere in the nickel position and the safety position that um I think will be huge uh, as as long as they keep learning and developing which they're taking uh into priority. Okay. Well, as
0: we speak, we're on the on the verge of the start of your might well, be your sixth spring practices. Yeah. Is there any melancholy about? Having going through it for the the last time, or are you excited to get going on it, or just something
1: to to get through on the way to finals and get on to the fall? Uh, it's it's a great opportunity. It's going to be something that will give us a uh, a kind of look as to what the fall might look like, um, just with the guys that we have. Uh, we got more guys coming in, but. Uh, it's it's definitely an opportunity to get better um, and apply the the plays that we're doing and just to make sure that everything's at a premium as far as communication, technique, and those types of things.
0: What's your favorite part about spring break? You like the? I mean, it's not even a spring game. We can't even call it a spring game. It's a spring showcase because you don't actually get a a game in there. Would you write? Did you like to have? I mean, an actual spring game like they used to be, or there's just too much risk of injury, or you do not have uh much of an opinion one way or the other
1: uh spring game is fun you know it's just I think it's more for the fans to come out and see what the buffs are looking like but I mean like I was saying it's just we take it as an opportunity to get better and every every opportunity that we hit that field we're looking to get better so I don't really see it as much more than uh, maybe having more fun as compared to the fall just because you know we're not we're not even looking at the season right now we're looking at where we are right now and getting better right now and you get to have a little more fun just because it's not so much pressure getting ready for the season so uh spring ball the spring game is fun but spring ball like i said just a great opportunity to get better
0: okay well you already you graduated in december of 2020 yep so what is your graduate school what's a What's your spring like? What's a day to day like for you as a as a graduate student? What do you what What are you classes you taking, or what are you working
1: yeah. on? Yeah, I'm currently enrolled in the uh, Master's of Science uh, of Organizational Leadership, so it's not a uh, a heavy load per se compared to you know being an undergrad, but um, it's definitely an awesome opportunity to one achieve a master's, and then I'm also learning just kind of the ins and outs of. Running a business, um, being a manager, um, what works within teams and what doesn't. So, um, the MSOL program, as we call it, uh, is what I'm enrolled in now, and it's just it's a good it's a good learning opportunity. Okay, so personal goals for this: you're
0: going to lead the team in tackles. You want to be a team captain. Uh, what? I mean, obviously, team goals. You know, want to win Pac-12 games. Want to win. Uh, you know, go to the Pac-12 championship and stuff like that. But Uh, Do you set personal goals? And if so, what are
1: you looking to do? Absolutely. I haven't really set um, any specifically for the fall other than um, making sure that I'm prepared for that time. But um, in the spring, it's kind of just becoming a master of the playbook. Uh, making communication a priority, and then also being a leader to uh, the young guys in the back end who are need me to be a leader and need me to help them understand the playbook because I've been in their shoes and you know it's it's difficult learning you know words that mean so many things. So um, just kind of having an understanding uh, what what being a leader takes. Uh, it's kind of one of the bigger goals I have going into this spring. Very good. Well, we'll wish you a lot of luck for this season. Wish you good health
0: yep, thank um, you. coming back for your senior year and uh, hope you lead the team in tackles and get a
1: couple of interceptions, at least yeah. one of them. Take yeah, them I need to uh, definitely up my interception number. I can say that right now. Okay, we'll look forward for that. Thank you. Yep, thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening. I hope you've been enjoying the See at the Game NIL podcast campaign as we have now reached the midway point of our 20 interview series. The interviews will continue throughout the remainder of the spring. So I hope that you subscribe to the podcast at your favorite sites and that you won't miss any of the new interviews and take the time to go back and listen to the first 9. In addition, I will be back shortly with Brad and Neil as we take a look at the CU defensive side of the ball heading into Spring Practices 2022. This episode and this series of interviews would not have been possible without your kind contributions to the CU at the Game NIL campaign. So thanks to all of you for supporting your CU student-athletes. So, until next time, be well, stay safe,
1: and go Buffs! Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to seeyouatthegame at com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time when we will again see you at the game.